2: with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
3: All right, rolling along, Greeny, with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear hotline, plenty of time in this hour for your calls on what you saw in week one of the preseason for your team. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Don't call now. I'll tell you when. I don't want you sitting on hold for a long time. We have a few other things to get to. And before we do, shame on me, because I, I did the green list at the previous, the end of our previous hour, and I left myself so little time for it that we really didn't get a chance to dive into it in in all of its genius. So let me quickly reset. I loved the Field of Dreams game. I think, candidly, everybody liked it. There were varying levels of liking it you could have offered. I can't imagine anyone didn't like it. There wasn't anything about it not to like. And so I came up with five other games I'd like to see. Five other creative, interesting, fun places to put a game. At number 5, I'd like to see an NBA game at Cameron Indoor. That's just a fun spectacle for basketball. Just let the Duke fans go. Let them make up their chants and cheers. They're all from New York anyway. So, they might as well put the Knicks there. So, we'll do that. That'll be number 5. Number 4, I'd like to see the Jets play the Giants in Central Park. Central Park is there's Lord knows there's ample room. There have been a lot of memorable events that have taken place In the park, including like the Simon and Garfunkel concert and all sorts of other things, set up risers and put together a field and play a a football game in Central Park. I think that the aerial views, I mean, imagine like the blimp flying over and the shots you're going to get of that in Central Park. I think that would be and just come one, come all. Let people just find a way to stand and watch these games. I think it would be fantastic. Uh, Number three, the Winter Classic, which is obviously a great and regular promotion they do in the NHL. They should play one in Lake Placid. Play that at the scene of the, of the miracle on ice. Number one, I said they should put an NBA game at Rucker Park. I think that one sort of goes without explanation being required. If you've ever seen the video of the time Kevin Durant went to Rucker Park, of when Kobe went to Rucker Park, it's pretty epic. Putting an NBA game at Rucker Park would be spectacular. But at number two, I said that I would like to see a boxing match. I'd like to see a fight at the top of the steps, forever known as the Rocky Steps. At the, at the Philadelphia Art Museum and have the fighters run up those steps like Rocky does to enter the ring. And for reasons known only to him, because he's just this way, Nuno decided that's a terrible idea. And here's what I'm going to say about you, Nuno. I think your blind hatred for the city of Philadelphia and all things sports there is influencing your opinion here because a fight at the top of the Rocky steps is just inarguably a great idea. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not a great movie? Do you agree or disagree that Rocky is a great movie?
4: It is a great movie.
3: The first one I'm talking about. Yes, it is a great movie. Because that's the one where, I mean, they, they run the steps in some of the other movies. But the iconic scene in the first Rocky, is that he can't make it up the steps at the beginning. He's not in good enough shape. Mm-hmm. And when he finally does, that's when he knows he's ready to fight Apollo Creed because he runs up those steps and he takes them easy. Three at a bound.
1: I got chills. <laughs> I, I, so
3: Happy Gilmore is a great movie. Should we put a
4: Happy Gilmore statue at yes. the tour championship? Yes. Like, you know, to celebrate that.
3: Happy Gilmore is kind of a good idea. Why didn't I think of golf? We should have some sort of, let's think about the golf movies, Tin Cup, Mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore, what could we do from Happy Gilmore that, that we could? I See, I, it's a mm. great idea. See, here's the problem I have with you, Nuno, is that you love the Field of Dreams game. So you accept the fact that it's just a movie. Field of Dreams is just a movie. I want to make it clear. Shoeless Joe Jackson did not actually walk out of a cornfield in Dyersville, Iowa all these years after his death. That was just a movie also. I just want to make sure you do understand that. I do, I. But the fact that like
4: a city has embraced a fictional character as like th- this magical, mythical being is kind of ridiculous. Don't you believe that?
3: No, I mean, a Sylvester Stallone is from Alphabet City. He's from the east side of the New- <laughs> lower east side of New York. Second of all, no. It's a great movie. It is very. The movie is very connected to the city. The grit of the city of Philadelphia is very much a part of that. Particularly the first movie and the fact that it took place around the bicentennial. So that, that you know the the whole American. So Nuno, you know, I just think you're getting voted down on this one. You know, I love you, but you're getting voted down on this one. All right. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over seven hundred dollars on average. Next. I'm sorry. What? 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 I'm sorry.
2: What, what? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry.
3: What? All right, we're going to. St- I started the show this morning by talking about some of the performances of the rookie quarterback. In fact, I started by talking about all of them. And let me very quickly f- catch you up on where you were. Trey Lance is where it began. He was at number five. Trey Lance, I think, is going to be spectacular. If you told me right now he's going to wind up being the best quarterback from this class, you would get no argument out of me. I think he has the ability to be. But there is every reason to have expected him to be the least ready to play immediately. And that, I think, is the way it looks. He only played one game last year. He completed fewer passes as a collegian than any quarterback who's been drafted in the first round in 40 years. And he completed those at North Dakota State. There's every reason to think he's going to take a little time. And that's the way it looked to me in his first performance. Mac Jones is the obvious. Mac Jones is a guy who should be ready the quickest because of all the things people say about him, and he looked it. They had him run a two-minute drill. I think Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback in New England really soon. Trevor Lawrence, they're going to get killed. Trevor Lawrence, they need to be really smart and careful because the offensive line is bad, and Urban Meyer, he just doesn't feel like a real patient person to me. This is a guy who doesn't lose games. So when they're losing, and if he thinks the best way is for him to have his quarterback flinging it around, I'm very worried that what happened to Joe Burrow last year could happen to Trevor Lawrence, because that offensive line for one game looked just awful. Then that brought us to Justin Fields. There was a question about Justin Fields after the game saying this.
2: It was actually kind of slow to me, to be honest. Uh, you know,
3: Let <laughs> me just cut it off there. They asked him about, you know, the, the game move awful fast for you? And he said it felt kind of slow. It was actually kind of slow to me. To be Kind of slow to me. Former Bear Charles Tillman, otherwise known as Peanut, didn't like that he said that.
1: I think you 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 put a small target on your back because when the regular season starts, the game does speed up. And you know, kudos to him for thinking that he's pre- well, thinking that he's prepared. I, I I get it. I don't mind the. A young rookie having confidence, but at the same time, you you didn't start the game. You kind of went in in the second in the second quarter. I'm sure maybe the Dolphins might have taken some of their starters out. Uh, I'll just say the game does get faster. Be careful what you wish for. The game does get faster, but again, just young, growing, learning. I think I think he'll learn how fast the game is real slow.
3: I actually kind of agree with Peanut. Mm. I don't think saying it all kind of moves slowly for me out there is a great thing to have out there. And, and again, in the scheme of things, this is practically nothing. This is the least significant thing that came out of that day. But for rookie quarterbacks, there's going to be learning that is being done in every stage of it. And that's something you don't want out there because there are going to be bad days. There are going to be bad days. And on those bad days, the question will be, well, did it seem to speed up for you today? You said it was kind of slow in that first game. The bad days are coming for all of these guys, and for every player. Tom Brady had a bad day last year, and he's the greatest player of all time. He lost track of what down it was in a game against the Bears. So those things happen. It actually felt kind of slow to me, while obvi- while clearly honest, is probably something that you don't want out there attached to your name. I think that that probably is the one piece of learning that could come out of that one. And then, of course, for me, number one was Zach Wilson, because I was absolutely delighted and delirious with what I saw from the young quarterback of the jets, and so was his coach.
0: We have so much confidence in the in, in the young man it's uh you want him to stack up as many good days as possible, but there's still youth. There's still, he's still a rookie, and there's, there's still a lot of things that he's going to learn from. There's still a lot of opportunities for him to grow. Uh, and there's even here uh, in this game, despite the fact that he looked comfortable and he did a nice job, there's still going to be things that he can learn off of. And uh, so there's, it's never going to end. This young man's potential is through the roof, and it's, uh, but it's going, to be a, it's going to be a process.
3: That's exactly right. His potential is through the roof. It's going to be a process, and that's right. But it does bring to my mind, but I think should be the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. And Bubba, I'm going to come to you on this because you, um, before your long career in radio production, had a very long career uh, and a very successful one in radio production. And you were, in fact, a board operator on a show called Mike and Mike in the Morning, of some repute. And once upon a time when the Jets had a quarterback I loved named Mark Sanchez, that's four quarterbacks I love to go. No, he came after Chad. Uh, Oh, that's right. This wasn't Mark's song. That's how. That's why I'm getting it wrong in my head. This was Chad's song. We've had Mark since then, and then Sam, and now Zach. But when Mike and Mike first became a thing, we had a song that we played about my relationship with Chad, and the song went like this. And it's a great song. And so my question to you, Bubba, today. Is do you think I'm now too old to have a song like that? Like we, we started with Chad and we had a song. Then we went to we went to Mark Sanchez and then we went to Sam and now we're going to Zach. And when we first invented that, when the Jets drafted Chad Pennington. I was 32 years old. I'm now 54 years old. Do you believe that I'm too old for us to have a song for the new quarterback of the Jets? No,
2: absolutely not. You're never too old for a song. So
3: you think we should have a song?
2: Oh, we need a song. So
3: do we need to audition? What should be the Zach song? Is that is that is that is that going to be our next?
2: Probably need to take some submissions. Because it wasn't wasn't Sanchez? Was he? Uh, Enrique Iglesias' hero?
3: No, that was no Golic and Enrique Iglesias' oh, that was for hero was Brady Quinn. Right? Was Golic yeah. for Brady Quinn? Brady Quinn, yeah. And so, anytime he talked about Brady Quinn, <laughs> I would ask, "Would you tremble if I touched your <laughs> yeah. lips?" Because that is the schmaltziest song of all time. Yeah. If you sit down and just read the lyrics
1: to <laughs> "I Can
3: Be Your Hero, Baby" by Enrique Iglesias, they're hilarious. I mean, it's literally. thing would you tremble if I touched your lips? But anyway. So that was Mike's song for Brady.
2: Brady Quinn. Wow.
3: I had I had a song for Chad. Right. We had we dabbled in songs along the way, but we've never really had. I didn't have a yeah, song. I guess we didn't fully for, go back. I didn't after have a Chad. radio show when the Jets drafted Sam. So we didn't. write We did not have the opportunity to do that. Mm, that right. was during my not on the radio period. Right. So all right, we need to figure out what the song is going to be for Zach because he is one hundred percent worthy of having a song. Uh, In the meantime, we will have time for your phone calls coming up a little later. And up next, I will explain to you the psychology. I'm going to give you the best golf lesson you will ever receive. The best golf lesson you will ever receive is going to come on the radio live next. Greeny, the podcast. every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
3: We will come up with my new song for Zach Wilson. I need a song because I love him. I tried renaming my children with Sam. That didn't go so well. I renamed Stephen Sam and Nikki Darnold. And that just, it, the whole thing didn't turn out so well. I think I'll go back to the song. Something a little less permanent. Feels. <laughs> All that time at the DMV was very confusing for them. In the meantime, I'm going to give myself the green light, and then we're going to go to your calls in just a few minutes. <coughs> Pardon me. I almost choked on nothing. Am I supposed um, to
1: say bless you when you do that also, no. or just sneeze?
3: <coughs> you don't bless you on a cough, do you? Well, you're supposed to say, are you okay? That? What's that?
1: What kind of question is that? Well, yeah, I mean, w- you seem like you were fishing a little bit, but you're pausing. Nope. I thought you, might were, you wanted me to say something. I had something. to try and
3: get through the sentence. I'm speaking on the radio, and I had like a little uh, moment. And I <laughs> had to cough. Excuse you. And I was concerned that I couldn't go on. What do you mean, excuse me? Excuse you. I'm not, I don't need to be excused. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. What are you,
2: what are you, what are you talking How about? How about, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. You okay? yeah. Like that about one. Coming
3: over and pounding me on the back. <laughs> you know, like just make sure that, you know, Greeny may be choking. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. The okay. good news is that I'm fine. Mm. But one way or another, this is something I need everybody to know because I'm going to be delighted to say this out loud. I had the best round of my life on Saturday. I shot the best round of my life. I shot a 75 at Bayonne Golf Club on Saturday. Now, that's not important to you. It's very important to me, but that's not important to you. But here's what is. I'm going to tell you why I did that, and I'm going to tell you that this is a lesson that will apply, I believe, not just in golf, for all of you who love golf the way I do, but for any number of things. Golf is a very psychological, very mental activity, which is to say, if you can just repeat the same golf swing over and over and over and over again, if you were a robot, you could be an outstanding golfer. But no one can do that because the game is all about what's going on inside your head. I'm going to tell you why I played so well on Saturday. And that is that I had my son, Stephen, and his two buddies with me, and I don't play Stevie and I don't play that much golf together and I never play with his friends, but I mean, generally speaking. But the reason that we did is because they're all getting set to go off to college. And so, you know, we're trying to have a little nice special day. But as a consequence of that, I wasn't thinking about how I was playing at all. I've never in my life given less thought to how I was playing because these kids didn't know the course. They didn't know the place. I'm very concerned. I want to make sure Stevie's having a good time. I want to make sure they're having a good time. I want to make sure they know where to go. Oh, the next tee is over here. Oh no, no. You want to avoid that. This putt breaks right to left. My mind was on everything, but how I was playing. Hmm. And usually, you know how you're playing. I mean, obviously I knew I was playing well. I knew when I added it up at the end, the score was going to be good, but I try as hard as I can when I'm playing not to know what I'm shooting anyway. Sometimes you just kind of can't help it. But more often than that, your mind gets completely sucked into it. Like, you can't help it. I'm walking up a fairway, and all I think to myself is, I know I had two bogeys and a double, but then I just birdied that, so I'm four over it. Like, you can't not think about it. On that day, I genuinely didn't think about it at all, aside from the passing thought of, boy, I'm playing great here. But outside of that, I never gave it any thought. And when he added it up to the at the end, the front nine added up to thirty seven and the back nine added up to thirty eight. And I had to go back and do the math again. (laughs) I had to go back. What just happened here? Like I didn't know. And so that is my little lesson, my little golf lesson for the day. Now, not every day is going to be a a special event like that was. And I can tell you that the best thing that happened on Saturday was not that I shot seventy five was that that I got to have this day with these kids kind of one last time before they go off to college and that was a it was a memorable day I will save those pictures for the rest of my life both the mental ones and the ones that we took on the phone but more to the point as far as the 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 significance of it when they say the less you think about it the better off you are boy they know what they're talking about they're just right they're just right if you can find a way to take your mind off of what you're trying to do in that circumstance, take your mind off of the, the result and just think about the process. Mm. All I was thinking about was, where's my ball? What club do I need? Okay, all right, let me get up there and hit it. And I wasn't giving any thought to anything else. And at no point was I thinking to myself, you know, if I, two more holes, I could want, if I birdie one of these holes, I might have, those thoughts never entered my head. And I'm convinced. That is the reason why I played as well as I did. So let me ask Bubba a question here, because but many of you may not know this, but uh, Bubba, before his career in, in radio broadcasting, had a very successful career as a sports psychologist. Um, do you think that was interesting? Do you think that I just share something that you think will be enlightening for people?
2: I think so. Yeah, I think.
3: Uh, did you take something from that? Well,
2: I mean, they call me Par Peregrine for a reason. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I really need your tips, but. Um, I think, you know, I took something
3: from it. Okay, fair enough. Something. I, I think Just if a I little would, bit. Because many of you may not know this, but Bubba actually was a golf pro at one time before he began his career in sports psychology, which then begat this career in radio production. Right. So if I was able to actually improve on Bubba's golf game, that would really a be little bit, a little bit. an extraordinary accomplishment on my part. All right, I'm going to hold off on the green light here because I'm running up against a little bit of the clock. So let me set up the calls right now. 888-SAY-ESPN. We will take your calls with your hot takes on what you saw from your football team. Everybody's team has played a game. So my number is 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Let me hear your hot take about what you saw from your football team. The calls are next, and I'll do a green light as well. As we continue, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, and the good feelings are rolling in today, live as always from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, and delighted you are there and delighted that you've chosen a call. I've done a lot of talking today, and frankly, Hembo's sick and tired of me, so we decided we should take some calls. With your hot takes, I want them as hot as you can get them. I open the show today with my top five observations from week one of the NFL preseason. Now let's hear yours with what's on your mind, brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Bubba, who's first up? We're going to start with Ed. All right, Ed, give me a hot take from the NFL preseason. What'd you see?
1: Hey, Greeny, I've seen Ben's replacement in Pittsburgh in Dwayne Haskins, and it'll just be another one of those guys that Washington picked and did not know how to utilize.
3: I like that take a lot. Dwayne Haskins is a player I loved coming out of college. If you watch the TV show, you know I did an essay on him. He 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 was another one who came in who probably needed a little time. He also walked into impossible circumstances. He walked into a situation where the owner drafted him, the coach didn't want him, everyone was on the verge of getting fired and the team stunk. Outside of that, it was great. Now, did he handle it well? No. Did he handle that situation last year with the COVID and everything well? Absolutely not. He deserves an enormous amount of scrutiny and blame for the things that went wrong in Washington. But what I am saying is, he also encountered a lot of situations not of his own making that might not have been easily overcomeable. So he's still very young. He's got all the talent in the world and he's getting a master's degree right now. Playing for Mike Tomlin behind Ben Roethlisberger, just learn, just sit and learn. And when the time comes if if the decision that's made there is to hand the ball to Dwayne Haskins and let him become the heir to Ben, I would not be surprised. Would you? Would you be surprised if he's their next quarterback? I would not be surprised. Me neither. What do you think of that, Nuno? Nuno is busy taking calls. He's on the calls. phone, yeah. He's, but he's he take, loves, I think he loves it. That's though, my yeah. bad. I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think he loves it, though. <laughs> it's hot takes. Your hot takes from week one of the NFL preseason. Bubba, who's next? We got Caleb. All right, Caleb, give me a hot take. Greeny, I think. This year's NFL season will be the most
1: boring NFL season of all time. I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, and I watched our preseason game. Our fifth-string running back ran a 14-yard run, dragging both teams, mm-hmm. and then he flexed. He had the audacity to be emotional about this great play he just made, and he got flagged for taunting. If that happens this year, Roger Goodell is going to lose a
3: lot of viewers, and it's going to be his own fault. I, I the, his, the running back's name is Benny LeMay. Listen to me. You could not be more right. You could not be. For anyone who didn't see it, I beseech you, go find that play. It'll be, it'll just be under taunting flag or something like that on Twitter or anywhere that you generally look for videos. I do not want to live in a world where that's a 15-yard penalty. I don't. Whatever happens in that world, I don't want any part of it. I'm all for taking some level of taunting out of the game, but on the list of things I'm concerned about, parenthetically, that's awfully low. Like, I liked it when they took the throat-slash-gesture out of it. That, that's, a, that's unsightly, unseemly, inappropriate. I like getting that out of it. Outside of that, celebrate for crying out loud. This guy carried, 15, carried an entire defense, 15 yards, got up, and, I mean, Caleb said it exactly right, had the audacity to seem happy about it, and they threw a 15-yard penalty. Do not... Let that happen when the season begins. I totally agree. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Kurt. Kurt, give me a hot take.
2: Hey, Greeny, how's it going?
3: Good. Good. Um, Good. I
2: believe that the Las Vegas Raiders will have a top 10 defense this year. I think the hiring of Gus Bradley is not getting the recognition it has. They have the talent, um, and it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, heck, we got uh, our first sack of the season within the first couple of plays, so I'm excited.
3: All right, well, I'm glad you're excited. I mean, they got an awful long way to go. I'm fascinated by these teams and by the fans and by the analysts who will talk about how terrible the team's defense was one year, and then they change coordinators like they're all of a sudden going to be outstanding. In Dallas, they've basically decided Dan Quinn is going to make that, uh, uh, that, that defense, which was atrocious last year. He's going to make them better. Micah Parsons will have a lot more to do with that. The Raiders drafted an offensive tackle about whom there was a great deal of Mm -hmm. um, divided opinion in the first round, right? They took Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. So the defense last year was awful. So I don't know that Gus Bradley can, can make them less awful. But I don't know if you're going to go from awful to all of a sudden being above average. Let's start with average. Like very quietly, Because it's amazing that a team can have John Gruden as its coach play in Las Vegas and have the Raiders on their helmet, the Raiders logo on their helmet, and get as little attention as that team generally does. But for whatever people don't pay attention to, by far their best player was Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a spectacular season last year. He is the best thing they have going for him, him and the running backs, particularly Jacobs. So let's see But the defense is going to have to play. John is going into year four there. It's been a very quiet and, I think, disappointing first three seasons. Will the defense be better? We'll wait and find out. I'm glad you're excited about it, Kurt. For your sake, I hope you were right. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Dakota. All right, Dakota, give me a hot take, Dakota.
1: Hey, Greeny, my take is on the Denver Broncos. Uh, I feel like everybody is overlooking the Denver Broncos because of the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's only been one preseason game, but I think the Denver Broncos are going to have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people, win a lot of games. I'm going to say we're going to go 11-6, and <laughs> six, maybe 10-7, and seven, make the playoffs, win a playoff game. Drew Locke's going to have a great season. Our run game's going to be good with Javante Williams and uh, Royce Freeman and Melvin Gordon, if he ever uh gets healthy and plays hey, let me and, uh, jump in here
3: dakota i love it I, I i'm not disagreeing with much of what you're saying but you said the most important name and that's true lock between drew lock and teddy bridgewater they got to figure out who the quarterback is going to be and how good he's going to be because rogers isn't coming until next year now, everybody else you named is right javante williams i think was as as good a pure running back as there was in this draft Uh, Najee Harris, I think, is a superstar waiting to happen. The kid from Clemson, whose name just jumped out of my head, is uh, Travis Etienne, I think, is a a magnificent back coming out of the backfield and and, and combines everything. But just as far as turn around, hand him the rock and let him go, Javante Williams was as good as anybody in this draft. They have spectacular receivers. Cortland Sutton comes back healthy. Jerry Judy coming out looked like he could be all-world. The defense, I agree with you, was sensational, and they added Sertan to it, the kid out of Alabama who had a pick six in the preseason game the other night. So, yes, I think they have a chance to be quite good. If Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, we'd be having a Super Bowl conversation. But Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback, and that's what changes the conversation. Doesn't mean it can't still be true. There was a time when people were very high on Drew Locke. Hell, there was a time when people were very high on Teddy Bridgewater. So I agree. I think the Broncos will be in the playoff conversation all year long. And if Rogers is their quarterback next year, I think they'll be a top three or four Super Bowl favorite, for sure. Granny on ESPN Radio. These are going well. Let's keep it going. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, having a great time. Let's talk to James. <laughs> now, why did you say that sarcastically, Bubba? What, are you not enjoying the calls? Why would you say that as though you were mocking my saying this is going well?
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Having a great time.
3: Sometimes, Bubba, calls don't seem to be going anywhere, but this one, people seem to have interesting takes. I and agree. I'm That's why it. I said
2: we're having a great time. No, I don't know what you want me to
1: say here.
3: You have you have sort of a condescending way about that, which, which I think, was I the only one, Hembo, who thought? Thought that he was being sarcastic?
1: No, he was being sarcastic because oh, no, there have yeah. been no Cowboys calls yet. Th- that, maybe that's point. what it is. Like Tembo knows.
3: We haven't got any calls from the Cowboy fans. That's pretty much what it. is. We'll take a call at, at some point here from the control room. Brendan <laughs> Peregrin in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Who did you say was next? Yeah, James. James? Uh, give me a hot take, James.
1: Hey, Greeny. Um, so I think everyone believes that uh, the Bengals' offense is going to be uh, the real deal this year and, and help them get, uh, hopefully, to the back of the playoffs. And there's been some concern during training camp that our offense was not doing well. The defense was was kind of taking control. What
3: I saw on Saturday night against Tampa was an amazing defense. And the linebacker we drafted in the third round, Osai, out of uh, Texas, yep. looked unbelievable. Joseph Osai, he's a great story, by the way. Um, came to this country, had never seen a football game till he was – I did these notes for the draft. I, I want to make sure I'm getting this right. I believe he never saw a football game in his life till he was 11 years old, and he came to this country and, and went to Texas, and now he was a guy who felt like uh, – there was a time when we were talking about the possibility of him being a first-round pick. I think he does look very good. Meantime, you know, there are good weapons there in Cincinnati – the quarterback has got to be fully healthy, and you got to make sure that Burrow is okay and protected this year. Obviously, Jamar Chase should make an enormous difference there, and we'll see what the defense is. Do I project the Bengals to be a playoff team? I think that's a tough one. That, 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 that's a very long putt, and part of the reason is the division is really good. Cleveland is really good. Baltimore is really good, and the Steelers are way better than people give them credit for being. So you could be dramatically improved and still be the fourth best team in that division and still be well outside of the playoffs, which would be my expectation for Cincinnati. But that doesn't mean that they will not be on the road to becoming relevant again. Um, And so we'll see if they're able to do it. All right, Bubba, give me one more. One more hot take.
2: Let's go to Chicago and talk to Laverne.
3: All right, Laverne, give me a hot take. I'm guessing it's going to be about the Bears.
2: Of course, of Agarini, of course it is, man. It's going to be Justin Fields. This kid, we finally have a quarterback in Chicago that can actually read a defense as well as read the field. He made some plays the other day that were, I mean, really, really good, especially running. And I project they might beat the Packers twice.
4: That's my (laughs) hot
3: take, buddy. Thanks. I love you, LaVert. I love it. See, this is the beauty of being a sports fan. Justin Fields looked terrific in a preseason game. We're beating the Packers twice. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm 100% in on it. The Bears, by the way, have the hardest record, or excuse me, the hardest schedule based on last year's record of any team in the entire National Football League. So we'll see what they're able to do. I, I think I'm not going to rain on any Justin Fields parade in the same way that I don't want anyone raining on my Zach Wilson parade. For one game, they both look great. Justin came out there and d- gave you exactly what you wanted. He ran 20 miles an hour, the fastest that any Bears player has clocked with the ball in his hands in the last two years. He showed you the whole package. He's got an arm. He can run with the football. He knows what he's he, he, he is the real deal, whether he starts week one or not. And Zach Wilson showed you exactly what they said about him. He could throw a ball through a car wash and it won't get wet. He threw the ball so fast on his first pass that the camera couldn't keep up with it. The camera actually lost track of where the football was because he throws the ball with such a zip. So I'm not taking away anybody's enthusiasm for their team or their young quarterback. This is the time to be excited about it. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. All right, next order of business:
1: I'm ready to go right now. Oh.
3: Green light. light with Greeny. Give me the green light. I'm giving myself the green light because I think this is a really interesting thing that happened in baseball. And I want to get everyone's take on it. So one of the oldest expressions that you've ever heard as pertaining to sports is a winner never quits and a quitter never wins, right? Quitting is probably the worst thing you can do in any sport. And we've seen varying incarnations of that over the course of time in sports. And it's something that never is defensible, whether it's, I mean, recent conversations, Scottie Pippen refusing to go into a playoff game or whatever the case may be. Quitter never wins, a winner never quits. So how do we feel about a player deciding that in the best interest of his own team, he is going to take himself out of his role? Zach Britton did that. He was the Yankee closer. And he went to Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, and asked him to take him out of his role as the closer after blowing another save. He spoke to Boone in the wake of giving up a walk-off two-run shot by Tim Anderson in the Field of Dreams game. And when explaining it, he said, quote, I told him I don't deserve to be out there in the ninth inning. Other guys deserve it. I haven't been pitching the way I should be to be out there when the team needs wins. Subbing in as the team's closer, uh, that's the end of the quote. Britain has had four save opportunities. He's converted only one. In those four opportunities, his ERA is 8.10. So I think there are some people who would say the school of thought is, you go out there. You take the ball and you go out there. And you have belief that the next time I go, I'm striking all these guys out. If the manager wants to take the job away from me, let him take the job away. So what do we think of the player making what some might describe as the selfless move and others might describe as the throwing in the towel move of going to the manager yourself and saying I'm hurting the ball club give the ball to somebody else in the ninth inning Hembo, let me start with you
1: I don't like it I don't like it one bit if he it's the manager's job to to dictate when you pitch where you are in the lineup etc if he's not good enough to pitch the ninth inning he's not good enough to be on the team that's as far as I'm concerned that's the case if you're a slumping hitter and, and it becomes the eighth inning you don't Go to your manager and say, you need to pinch it for me now because this is a high-leverage situation. You just don't do it. You can't have that mindset or philosophy if you're a professional athlete. I don't like this at all. You have to pitch your way out of it. You have to shoot your way out of it. And that's the case for Zach Britton.
3: All right. There's one opinion for I don't like it. Let me go to Nuno, the Yankee fan. <laughs> Nuno, go. Hembo, let me ask you a
4: question. Mm. Would the 76ers had won that series against the Hawks if Ben Simmons had said, hey, I'm not going to take this shot? Put someone else in there well, because
3: it, <laughs> he I didn't mean, take any shots. Well, that's, that's the, the issue. Point. Should he take himself out of the game?
1: Uh, no, it's not his, his responsibility. I, I get the analogy, and it's a good one, but it's not your job as a player. It's your job to play. It's your job to do your best. It's the coaches, it's the manager's job to make those decisions. That's to me. It's quite weak for Zach Britton to do this. It just is. You can't be a a. Professional athlete operating at a high level, if you're going to think this way, this can't enter your mind.
3: Right, so, so Nuno, I, I hear your analogy, and I like it, and somehow Nuno brings everything back to his hatred of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. like, no, it just oh,
4: allows yeah. me to, like, you know, I just, you know how my brain works. Yes, it, um, it, it,
3: it, 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 your brain works as I hate ev- all things Philly sports, and <laughs> no, I'm going to bring them up no, every no, time no, it no. comes up. But, it's, but it's all kidding aside, you're a Yankee fan. You liked it or didn't like it. I mean, I think you could have done this, be like,
4: hey, give me an extra day off or something of that nature. Because the guys they threw out there yesterday didn't help. Um, But I also will say that if I hit the lotto this weekend and I quit, Mm -hmm. I'm not quitting. I've actually won. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, I don't know know what that means. Like, I have absolutely no <laughs> earthly idea what it is that that has to do with what we just said. I gave you a courtesy laugh because I generally find you funny and like you, but I have no idea what you just said. Let me go to Bubba and get his take. Bubba, did you it, as the the player going to the manager and saying, you know what, I'm not getting the job done. Take me out, like it or don't like it.
2: Uh, I know. I think I appreciate the honesty because what's what's if he's not getting it done. Yes, yeah, sure the manager should uh, re- one minute should realize what's going to happen but <laughs> if he's not getting it done and he's realizing it first he's helping the team by being honest so I appreciate the honesty
3: now, so I have a variety of things to inform the audience one was that one minute on the air also did you say that on the air yeah okay so that's Bubba doing his job as the board operator telling me we have one minute left in the show while in the middle of a thought so that's why he's so exceptional um, here's the thing I will say is that I agree, generally speaking, that the, the player's mentality in order to succeed has to be that he is going to find a way to fight his way out of this. I also think that positioning as him taking one for the team could be a way of letting Boone make the decision and not publicly seeming as though he took his job away. But the expression is put me in coach. I'm ready to play, not take me out. We'll have more on this tomorrow. See you then, Greeny, on ESPN Radio. Thanks for
2: listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.
1: We're just weeks into this year and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So, kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.